0: Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in. and We believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. All right. Well, I am... I'm glad you're here today. Look at somebody and tell them today is your day for God to change your life. Tell them the second part, for God to change your life. Wouldn't it be cool if you left differently than when you walked in? That's possible. That's possible. I want to, uh, I want to read from the old Testament and I want to preach. On a passage. I I don't know if I've ever preached on. And it's in the book of Haggai. Chapter one. And so we're going to have some fun with this. If you're ready. Tell somebody I'm ready. I'm ready. Look at somebody. I don't think you're ready. That didn't. That didn't sound convincing. I am coming in hot today. It's. It's on. It's on. You know, there are those messages that kind of like feel good, get you through. This one's not one of those. I came, I came with the sword today. I came to slay. If this is your first time, you'll never want to come back after today, but I still love you. In the book of Haggai chapter one, verse two, it says, this is what the Lord almighty says. These people say. The time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Verse three. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? Verse five. Now, this is what the Lord almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have Planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored says the Lord. Verse 9, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Lord, thank you for your word today. Speak it. Shout it. Yell it. Preach it. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. Let's give our worship team a round of applause. Always crushing it. Love you guys. This passage is all the smoke. I love this passage. I love this, is the kind of passage. If I didn't preach and I just went to church, this is the kind of passage I would want preached to me. I don't want some little like sermon for the Christian Eddie. I don't want some feel good. Like, I, I, just give it to me. Just give it to me. I'll deal with the pain later, but give it to me right now. He is preaching right here. This is my kind of sermon. He's bringing the sword, and it's loaded. It's loaded with different sermon concepts and different sermon titles. In fact, as I was preparing for this, I was like, God, which way do you want me to go? Because this has so many different ways I could go. It has so many different sermon concepts and title concepts. And so, for example, like one title could be consider your ways. Because that'll preach. Right? Consider your ways. In fact, he states the phrase two different times. He says in verse 5, give careful thought to your ways. Verse 7, give careful thought to your ways. In the King James Version, he says, consider your ways. Look at somebody and tell them, you do need to consider your ways. Come on, tell somebody, you do need to consider your ways. Which way are you going in life? Which way are your feet pointed in life? There are really only two ways in life. There is your way... And there is the Lord's way. There's your way and there's God's way, right? Which way are you going? Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the, how'd y'all know that? It's almost like you had cheat sheet or something. (laughs) Jesus said, I am the way, right? He's the way. And so I, I could preach on Consider your ways. Joshua in chapter 24, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to choose the way of, of the master. Consider your ways. That'll preach. Look at somebody and tell him, but that's not even what he's preaching on. That's not what he's preaching on. Another message title could be, this is what the Lord almighty says. Because that'll preach, won't it? That'll preach. Y'all know that'll preach. Because this phrase is stated three times. Three times. Verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Verse 5, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Verse 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says. That'll preach because it's critical to pay attention to what the Lord Almighty says. It's critical. I think we listen more. To our friends, to our family, to social media, to the culture, to the world. Then we do what God's word says. We listen more to what we say, what I think, what I feel than what God says. I'm convinced that God is talking to us more than we are listening to him. We have, we have our notifications turned off. You can turn them off, you know that, right? Like, I got some notifications just since I've been preaching. I got, I got Zillow. I got StockX. I got GOAT notification, ESPN. It's probably about fake Paul's fight last night. I got some of y'all know. I got Uber Eats. My notifications are on, but see some of us, we got the notifications off when it comes to God, he's talking to us. We just got him turned off. I don't want to hear what God has to say. It might bother me. It might annoy me. It might get in my way a little bit. It might actually be hard to hear. It might actually convict me. It might actually call me out. And we're afraid that what God has to tell us is maybe something that we don't feel like doing. I'm telling you to turn your notifications back on because God has been trying to tell you some things. He's been trying to tell you, I love you unconditionally, that you're not too far gone, that you're not too deep into it, that you can come back home right here, right now. Repent, confess, turn away from your sins and don't go back. Turn your notifications on. This is what the Lord almighty says, but look at somebody and say, that's actually not what he's preaching on either. That's, I'm telling you, the passage is loaded because a a, a third title, I thought maybe you could preach. Then the word of the Lord came through. Woo! Then the word of the Lord came through. That'll preach because the word of the Lord always comes through. It always comes through right on time in the nick of time. He gives me what I need when I need it. He gives me all I need. He gives. I wasn't sure what to do. And then the word of the Lord came through. I wasn't sure where to go, but then the word of the Lord came to, I wasn't sure what to say or how to say it. But then the, then the word of the Lord came came through because it always comes through always comes through and it's always right on time. It comes right on time in the nick of time. I love Psalm 107. He, he says this, he says, then you called out to God in your desperate condition. Then, you, then you, has anybody ever been in this moment in your life right here? Then you called out to God in your desperate condition. You, you didn't call out to God until you were desperate. Then you called out to God in your desperate condition. And he, and he got you out in the nick of time. Woo. That's good news. He got you out in the nick of time. He spoke the word that healed you. That's why you got to have your notifications on that pulled you back from the brink of death. So thank God. Hold on. That pulled you back from the brink of death. Yes, he did. 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 did. Thank you, God, that you did. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. Turn to somebody and tell him he got you out in the nick of time. Turn to somebody else and tell him he ain't wrong, but that's also not what he's preaching on. Today, I'm preaching a message titled, Does My Purse Have Holes in It? I want you to look at somebody and say, no, for real, he ain't playing today. Go ahead and tell him, he ain't playing today. Does your purse have holes in it? It this is my question for you today does your purse have holes in it verse 3 then the word of the lord came through the prophet haggai is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while my house this house remains in ruin now this is what the lord almighty says give careful thought to your ways you've planted much But harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. I got to say, I know a lot of people that have purses with holes in it. I got to, this is a, this is not a purse. This is a messenger bag. This is a, this is a murse. I like that satchel. It's a war satchel. I know a lot of, I'm telling you, I know a lot of people, their life is a purse with holes in it. They, they, they labor, they work morning, noon and night, and they're trying and they're doing everything they can and, and they get some money, but the money just. It just goes right through it. And they got some money. I got a thousand racks right here. Y'all ain't been that loud all morning. I see what God you serve. Hey. I got a thousand. You're like, man, I made some money. I made some money. And, and, and I, put it in my, I put it in my purse. But my purse got holes in it. Like, man, I got some more money. I just keep making this money. But my purse, it's got holes in it, man. It's got holes in it. it it's just like, it's like the the, the money just, can't, I don't have anything to show for it. I planted a lot of seeds, Sam. Gosh, I planted. I'm tired tired of planting. And I just keep planting and just like, boom, I plant and there go again. And there go again. You can have it. And there (laughs) go. Pays to go to church. (laughs) And, 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 And I know a lot of people, they got a purse with holes in They they think it's God's problem. God, will you oh I just Bless me, God. You're not blessable. You're the problem. God's not the problem. You you got a purse with holes in it. If you figure out how to get your purse without holes in it, God will fill it up to overflowing. He'll fill it up to overflowing. Look at somebody and tell them again. Does your purse have holes in it? Tell them. Ask him, does your purse have holes in it? I, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out. Tell them to be honest. Be honest with me. Does your purse have holes in it? <laughs> Is anybody stubborn? Raise your hand. You're like super stubborn. I'm really stubborn. Yeah, like super stubborn. If you have a five minute conversation with my wife about me, about the stubbornness, she, she'd love to tell you This how stubborn. It's how stubborn I is. I, this is how stubborn I is. I said, <laughs> I said, turn when, when I say like, turn and say, and then some of you just stare at me, the stubbornness in me is like, I'm just going to have you do it again until we all do it over and over and over. That's how, and it doesn't even matter. It's just a game in my head. That I've got to win. I've got to win this game. Come on, turn to your neighbor and ask him, does your purse have holes in it? Come on, does your purse have holes in it? Hey, some of you even more stubborn than me because you still just sat there and stared at me. I really want to dig into this because I think... I think consider your ways, do the ways that you live, they either make your purse have holes in it or they make your purse. Holy. Do you have a purse? That's righteous. A life that's blessable. A life where God goes, I'm going to dump out my favor and my blessings upon your life because you know what to do with it. This message he said, you're building your house, you're building your kingdom. You- you're about yourself, man. There's no other way to say it. You are living for yourself, you're selfish. There's only two types of people in this room, in this world. There are givers and there are takers. And a lot of y'all sitting in church every week are takers. You're takers. You're takers. Listen, this, this, you, you're building your kingdom, your house, your life, your finances, your retirement, your marriage, your family, your everything. Some of y'all ain't done nothing to build the kingdom of God, nothing to build the kingdom of God, nothing. And listen, this passage is interesting because it's about urgency and priority, urgency and priority. Say it out loud, urgency and priority. The Jews never said they would not rebuild the Lord's church. They just said. Not yet. Not yet. It's what the scripture says. These people say that time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's. Who said that? Who said that? God? No, these people said that. These people said not yet. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's just not yet an impact church. There are a lot of not yet people sitting in the church around the world every single Sunday. In fact, the church is filled mostly with not yet people. I'll get, I'll get involved someday. Just not yet. I, I'll start serving someday. Just not yet. I'll, I'll start going to celebrate recovery and men's Bible study and women's Bibles. I'm going to start working on myself. Just not yet. I'll, I'll, I'll start PT, but just, but just not yet. I, I'm going to, I'm going to start helping build God's church. Just not yet. I'm going to start giving just not yet. I'm going to start tithing just not yet. And can I ask you a question? This is my question for you today. This is my question. And this is legitimately like from my heart to your heart. How can you expect a right now God when you are a not yet person? Some of y'all ain't never did nothing for God. You're like, I went to church. No, that's doing nothing for God. That's doing something for you. <laughs> I told you, this is, a, this is, I came to slay today. One of the greatest challenges globally for the church. It's the not yet people. Okay. I, I've been a pastor for a long time, 30 years. If I had a hundred percent of you that said, I'm in like I'm in, in all in, I'm telling you, we could change the world, not, not we could change this city. We could change the absolute world. We could change the world. If you said, I'm in anyway, anyhow, anytime, whatever I got to do, whatever time it takes, whatever money it costs, whatever PT, I'm in. We could, we could change the world. We could change the world. We could change the world. We could literally change the world. We could change the world. And I have been praying and praying and praying for more people to start saying yes to God instead of saying not yet to God. Yes, God. Twelve disciples changed the world. Twelve disciples. Some of you are like, oh no, Judas, he betrayed, he wasn't. A-. They replaced him. I can hear you criticism people right now. Twelve disciples changed. You and I are here having church worshiping Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Two thousand years after he lived. Because 12 people said, I'm in no matter what, but imagine if they said not yet. And so my question to you, and only you can answer it. I cannot answer this. Only you can answer this is, are you helping build God's church is God's church. A priority, the priority, and is it an urgency? Because let me tell you something. I got an urgency in my soul. I have an urgency in my soul to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. I have an urgency in my soul because if I don't do my job, well, there's going to be people that suffer a long eternal hell. If I I have an urgency in my soul because this world is getting more and more corrupt and more and more crooked and more and more lost and more and more dark. I have an urgency. Do you have an urgency? Urgency. Because when I have missionaries that come into this great nation from third world countries, they say, All I see is apathy. The church in America is apathetic. The church in America is, I'll be a part of it if it's convenient, not if it costs. Is it convenient? Is the church, God's church, a priority? The priority. Are you urgent? Is there an urgency about it? God want listen, God wants you to help build his church. This is not only my job. This is our job to build God's church. This is our, there is nothing on earth. There is nothing on earth, nothing more important. Nothing more important than putting your time, your talents, your treasures into building than God's church. In 500 years, in 500 years, there will be no Instagram. There will be no Twitter X. There will be no TikTok. There will be no Apple there will be no Google in 500 years. There probably won't be a United States of America, but in 500 years, there will be a church of Jesus Christ. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's not going a, It's eternal. So you can spend your life building your own kingdom. And it's just so temporary. It's, it's so surface. God wants you to help build his church, to use your time, your talents, and your treasures. You have all three. I have all three to build his church. He wants you to serve him. How do you serve God? You serve others. Do you know you cannot serve God without serving others? You serve God by serving others. I, I need your help. I need your help. I'm recruiting. I'm looking for some people. That want to help me. That's what I'm doing today. That's what this whole message is about. I'm a recruiter and I want you on my team. I'm giving you a division one offer right now. It's going to cost you everything. I'm giving you nothing. It's a walk on spot. I need you to walk on and give God everything that you've got. We talked about today at one thirty today at 1.30. If I'm done preaching at 1.30. I'm having... A meeting. I, I called the meeting. It's a dream team meeting. I called it. I want to be the one that, that is, is I, I have some things I got to get off my chest. And so, if, if you ever thought, man, hey, this is, I, wanna, I, I, want you, I want you to come. I want you to come. Because I, I call the dream team, the, uh, Our volunteer for, our volunteer force, I call them the dream team. A dream team. I want you to be a part of our dream team. Do you know how important the dream team is? Do you know how important the dream team is? Every single week there are hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of dream teamers at Impact Church that make this church what it is. This church is not Impact Church without the dream team, but it's not Impact Church without even one of them. Just one of them. Every week. Every week. We have people that serve, that give their time, they give their talents, they give their treasures to the glory of God, to serve the body of Christ, to build God's house. This is what first Peter four, 10 says. It says, God has given each of you. In fact, let's read this out loud together. Ready? Here we go. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve yourself. Nah. Use them well to serve one another. This church needs you. Some of you have been along for the free ride for far too long. I changed your title. You're now to me dead weight. If you come to this church every week and fill up a seat and you do nothing for the kingdom of God within this church, you're dead weight. You're in my way. You're not rowing the boat with me. You're actually rocking the boat. You're on the boat. And this is getting hard for me, man. It just get off or help. <laughs> just get, just get off or help. That's my message. That's a sermon right there. Get off or help. This is your invitation. I, man, I, I, there's so many ministries, I couldn't even list them all. I could not even list all of our ministries from... Our greeting team and first contact team, the welcome team, the usher team, the media team, the security team, the audio team, the visual team, the kids ministry, the teens ministry, young adult ministry, celebrate recovery worship team, hospitality welcome team, prayer team, shuttle driver, golf cart driver. There's so I can't. The, the, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And on, and on, and on and I shouldn't even said one because I know I'm gonna leave one of y'all out, and you're like, dude, what about us? We do basket weaving ministry. <laughs> We have all these golf carts and half of them get driven. You know why? You are driving them. you like, it's too hot. It's exactly when we need you. Hell's a whole lot hotter. <laughs> Two weeks from today, two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we're going to three services. You saw the video. We're going to go to 830, 1030 and 1230. That'll help a little for a while. 830, 1030, 1230. Say that out loud. 830, 1030, 1230. Two weeks from today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do not go to the 1030 service. Tell somebody in the name of Jesus, don't go to the 1030 service In the name of the mighty name of Jesus. You think I'm kidding. You know, people, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but like, if you want to say PT, what can we do for you? Have you ever thought about that? Cause I know it's always about what I can do for you, but have you ever thought about like what you could do for me? Have you ever actually thought about that? Thank you. I got one of you. That's a win little by little. I count the small wins, baby. I count the small victories. This entire group of people could start coming at 1230. And I know you're like, oh, it's so late. oh my God, suffer a little sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Like the, the man died for you. Get some breakfast, go, go get some breakfast sleeping 12 12:30 sir because the problem is 12:30 is the one that's usually the least attended 10:30 is usually the one that's the most attended and 10:30 is the one where almost the majority of first time guests visitors guests they come to the 10:30 so as you can see we ain't got no room for any new homies I saw some people walk over here. I'm halfway through my sermon. They just walked in and sat down over there. I'm pretty sure they're first timers. They didn't get the memo to come three days early so that you get to church on time. I actually feel I'm not mad at them. I feel bad for them because all y'all regulars, you take up the seats. That's great. Take up the 1230. Free this one up. You say, how long go to 830? 830 looks like this. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you've tried it, but it looks just like this one. The earlier one looked just like this one. You know, we, you serve, you serve God by serving others and you serve others sacrificially. It's what the whole gospel is about. It's about sacrifice. It's what God calls us to live a life of sacrifice. Present your bodies. A living sacrifice. This is your holy, acceptable, and pleasing act of worship. That's scripture, Romans chapter 12. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. So I make some sacrifices for the kingdom of God. Maybe you're watching online every week. You don't come, you're not here because you don't live here. We have people tuned in from all over the world, truly. I love watching the chat and you guys put, I'm over here in this state, I'm over here in this nation. I love that. I think that's the coolest thing. Sometimes I just, I log in as like a secret person just to watch and see where people are coming from. Right. I I love that. Some people from out of the nation, you're from a different nation. Some people like, we got people in Africa watching online every week. We got people in Dubai watching every week. We got people in Italy and, and all it's crazy every single week. And you say, well, I can't really serve because I'm, I, we, we have a way for you to serve. Get ready, right? It's not you, it's the online people, hold on. You're here. Does anybody like to party? Anybody? I know, I know you guys do. This is the late service. Y'all came, you just got here from a party from last night. You barely rolled up in here on time. Well, we, we have some people that already do this out and about. Where they, they watch from their house, but they invite friends over. Yeah, yeah. So we call them watch parties. So, so we're creating this thing called I See Watch Parties. I see a watch party coming. I see a watch party. So, so, so how could you serve? How could you serve? You can be our impact church extended right there in a different nation, right there in Florida, right there in New York, right there in wherever. And you just invite some friends over and say, hey, let's have church. Let's go to church. It's at my house. Let's have church together. I'll buy all the donuts. I'll buy all the drinks. I'll buy all the bra- I'll make you breakfast. Watch parties. And if, if, if that's you online and you wanna be, you want to do that, we want you to let us know. So we created an email. We are sophisticated. I see watch party. I see a watch party. Thank you. How, how, how do you serve the church? How do you serve the church? You get involved. You offer your gifts. You give your time, your, your, your treasure, your, your, your talent. That's how you serve. Everybody's gifted. We're all gifted. We're gifted in different ways, but we're all gifted. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. Almost everybody has more than one gift. Some of you aren't that gifted, but you've got at least two gifts (laughs) that you could serve. You know, like if you like you grumpy, grouchy, basically an a-hole, nobody like to be around you. We're going to put a broom in your hand and have you come when nobody's here. But it's still a gift. You can broom be a jerk for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm broom before anybody gets here. If you're married to the person I'm talking about, point at them right now. Point at him. <laughs> This is, you guys got your own section over here. I like this. This is, this is what I'm talking about. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> I'm handing out oars next week. Everybody's going to get one. Everybody. I just need you to make them and bring them and pay for them. I never intended to preach with this bag on the whole time. It was just for the illustration. <laughs> how, how else can you serve the church? Tell somebody right now, get ready. It's even worse. It's, gonna, it's about to get worse. Worse is better. Not bad mean bad, but bad mean good. That is. You got to be really old to know that song. Or just really cool. It's run DMC. Anyway, it's fine. Some of the young people are like, run who? <laughs> you, you give sacrificially. You give. How do you build God's church? You give sacrificially. You, you tithe. You give God his tithe. Will you say those two words, his tithe? His tithe. And then you give offerings. The Bible talks about tithes and offerings tithes are 10% of what we earn. Most of us know this 10% of what God has allowed us to earn, given us the talent, the ability, the skills, the network, the people to earn. The 10 is not ours to give to him. The 10 is his. The 10 is his already. We just tend to spend it on coffee and Netflix and Hulu and Everything else, but it's actually his, right? And, and then the offerings are anything above, somebody say above, above the tithe. That's as simple as the teaching on it as you'll ever hear because that's as simple as it is. It's simple in understanding, it's very difficult in execution because we're selfish, because by nature, we are selfish. We are naughty by nature. <laughs> and we are selfish. And I've been teaching on tithing for 30 years, and I've been tithing for 30 years. And we give offerings for 30 years. We overtithe every year, far and above, Natalie and I. And our purse does not have holes in it. It is. It is a spiritual law that God's blessings are associated and attached to our obedience and our hearts to do the right, the righteous, the biblical thing. But I've been teaching on tithing for 30 years and I've learned some things about the psyche of people who don't tithe. I have learned that most, not all, but most people who don't tithe aren't really against it. They just don't tithe yet. I have learned that most people don't understand the purpose of it. So when you don't understand the, per- here's the purpose of tithing. The purpose of tithing is about priority. The purpose is about God being number one. It it says it this way in Deuteronomy 14, 23 and the living Bible. It says the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God, what? First in your life. So here's the purpose of tithing is to teach you It's to teach you and it's continual. It's not a one-time thing. It's not like I did it once. He's first. I tithed one time, right? It's a continual God. You're number one. God, you're number one. God, you're number one. God, you're number one. Leviticus. It says that the 10th of all you produce is the Lord's and it is Holy. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to use God's holy money on worldly things, but we do, but we do. And I don't think we have bad hearts. I don't think our hearts are like, I'm not giving God anything. I think we have good hearts and we have good intention with poor attention. And I think that when you look scripturally, it makes sense because the Bible says, God says that the tithe is a test. God is testing your faith. God is testing your love. God is testing. Am I number one? You can say with your mouth. I can say with my mouth, God is number one, but the proof is not in the mouth. The proof is in the money because Jesus said, he said it this way. He said, for where your treasure is, what did he say there? Your heart is also, what does he mean by that? He means what you love is what you spend your money on. What you love is where you direct your money. If I could, if I could, I can't, I know I can't, unless you'd let me, I would, if I could grab your cell phone right now and go to your bank account. And you said, these are my logins, or I just shined it on your face so I can log myself in. And then I could go back through the last 30 days. I could go back through the last 60 days. I could go back through the last 12 months. I could see what you love the most. You could see what I love the most. So what Jesus says, it makes perfect sense. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What you love is where your money goes. Is there any evidence at all in your bank account that you love Jesus Christ? The proof It is a test. God said it like. God said it like this, he said to people who don't tithe. And this is why I love these types of passages for people who don't tithe. He says, you're robbing from me, from God. <laughs> you don't tithe. You're stealing from God. You're stealing. He says, you're stealing. You're a God crook. You're a God thief. <laughs> God thieves ain't got nothing. Like GTA ain't got nothing on GTGs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some of you don't know what I'm saying. It's, you came from a different neighborhood. This okay. GTA, <laughs> G- yeah, let me Google that real quick. GT, GTA. <laughs> anyway. But you know what's crazy is many of you, many of you, even after hearing this teaching, even after hearing what the Lord says to you, you're still going to choose to be not yet people. And you, all I can say is you cannot expect, do not, do not, do not expect a right now God. If you're going to keep being a not yet person. Another thing I've learned about people who don't tithe. Is they don't really understand the power of it. The the, the power. The power of it. Malachi chapter 3. Will a mere mortal. That's you. That's me. Will a mere man rob God? That sounds crazy. Yet you robbed me. But you ask, how do we rob you, God? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse. You're a whole nation because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Test me in this. Test me in this. Why? What's the test? Test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. You don't, oh man, this is, this is, this is important. This is good. I got to sit down because I don't want you guys to think I'm yelling at you. I am, but I don't want you to think I am. You, Where's the handle on this thing? It's like, it's built for a tall dude. It's built for a five ten guy. I'm five, nine and a half. <laughs> you don't. M- motive is everything. Motive is the only thing I do not want. If you don't tithe and you're like, oh, I'm going to tithe. Cause God's going to bless me. Wrong motive. You might tithe and God might not bless you. We don't, we don't give to get. We get to give. Listen, (laughs) have you ever met somebody? If you're in a position of power, influence, leadership, maybe you're wealthy. Maybe you've got a big influence or whatever. You got some sort of deal that other people want. If, if you, have you ever somebody give you something? But you know what they're up to? It might even be a word of encouragement. I just love you. I think you're amazing. And you're like, they want, I'm gonna wait a week. I'm gonna know what this is really about. Right? That's called manipulation. You cannot manipulate God. You give to God because you get to give to your creator. You get to help build his church. He's given you everything everything. And he set up a system and said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give 10% back to me. (laughs) And the reason we don't, I say we don't understand the power of it is because I've been leading people for so long. And I, and I said this about serving God and getting involved in church Do you know the power of what impact church could do for Jesus Christ? If a hundred percent of impact church people actually tithed 10%, do you even have any idea? You can, I'm going to tell you right now. You don't, you have no idea. You cannot fathom. And I'll say, we have, we have a pretty, our church, um, they, it, bre- it breaks national statistics. We have a, a generous church. We have, a, I wouldn't call us a tithing church, but we definitely have a generous church. If I ask you guys, hey, let's do this. You guys, all, you guys always step up. But it doesn't mean we're a tithing church. We're out of space. We're going to go to three services. I just had a stroke in freaking November. Everybody wants me to preach all three of them. Everybody does. They can say they don't, but they do. They don't want to watch me on video for one of them. The one that's on video will end up being the less attended because they want the live person because he's not the same. His head's still the same size. It's the same words, but it's not him live and in person and in the flesh. And he's not spitting on me in the front row. It's not him. Right? Right. So we moved in this building a little over two years ago, thinking we would maybe fill it up one day, 10 years from now. It was filled up in eight months. Okay. We, we, we need, and God put this, God put this, this dream, this vision, like the impact center, like an, a, a mini arena where we have, you know, plenty of, but like, it's, we're talking about a hundred million dollar project. Do you know that if everybody just tithed in our church, just, we're not even going to raise money for a building, just tithe. We could build it cash in a year, cash, cash, but that'll never happen. That'll never happen because we're going to walk out of here and some of you, you're going to catch it. Some of you are going to catch it. So this, this is exactly what you needed. And it's going to change your life in every way imaginable. But some of you, you're you're just, you're you're not going to catch it. You're 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 the shortstop. The ball is hit. It's a line drive. And you're busy taking a chew of tobacco. Like you don't even see it come. The ball came right through, boom, right past you. (laughs) I don't know if that was a good illustration or not. (laughs) Felt good. And people just don't understand. Here's another thing I've learned about tithing. People that don't tithe. Because we always ask these questions at the end of these little classes and workshops. And someone's like, hey, you have any questions? Yeah, I got a question. So, do we give our tithe off of our gross? Or our net? (laughs) Like, come back next time. Go through the class again. Why? Because we go... Well, let's just give God as least as absolutely possible. Let's just cut every, and just say, man, you cut corners with God, God cuts corners with you. I am not here. I am not here. I wish, in, in some regard, I wish I was preaching this message today as like a guest preacher and not like your pastor. Because I, I use sometimes, not many times, but I use sometimes my own life. As hopefully as an example, not, not as a braggadocious thing. I don't have holes in my purse. I have an abundance. I not only have an abundance, you get close to the 20 people that are closest to me in my life. You ask them how much I have personally helped them with connections, with finances, with opportunity. You ask them. Get to know them, and they 're going to tell you that man, this is what they 're going to tell you, this is why I wish he was on my, I wish somebody could say this on my behalf, but I 'm just telling you it's true it's facts, it's just a facts. so don't get all weird on me. i 'll tell you all the bad stuff about me too. they're just facts they're going to tell you the dude's one of the most generous guys I've ever met in my, my life. he 's helped me tremendously. Over and over and over and over. I don't have holes in my purse. I'm just trying to get some brothers and sisters with me that don't have holes in their purses. I'm just trying to give you like the secret sauce of life. Because I've discovered it a long, 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 long time ago. The secret sauce of life. Like they think they can't afford to tithe. (laughs) Yeah, the old country preacher's like, you can't afford not to tithe, brother. And, I, you know, I like that because that's truth. That's facts. That's facts. But isn't it funny? We actually can't afford it. It's just not a priority. Because we, we can afford a cell phone. And we can afford a car. We can afford a house. We can afford rent. We can afford a mortgage. We can afford $6 coffee. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times a day. I can't afford to tithe. Some of y'all tip waitresses and waiters more than you give to God every week. (laughs) And I just want to say this, you know, maybe you're like, I don't know where that money goes. (laughs) I just want to say to you, keep your money. (laughs) like for real, like find a place that you love, and you believe in that church, and you believe in that ministry, and you believe in that pastor, and you believe in their vision, find that place. If it's not here, I am not offended. Find somewhere where you are all in, and start tithing, and giving your life to it, because it matters. It matters. It is the most important thing in your life. It matters. I got time. Do I have time? In John chapter 12. You know when you're on a long plane flight. And then you're finally like in the general area. We're in the general area. We're going to land this plane here in just a minute. We're in the general area. In John 12, it says a dinner was prepared for in Jesus's honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard and she anointed Jesus's feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance, but Judas Iscariot. The disciple who would soon betray Jesus said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge, listen, of the disciples money, he often stole some for himself. There are two types of spirits in this passage. And there are two types of spirits listening to this sermon right now. There is some of you in here. You have a merry spirit. A generous spirit. You understand. A, A bottle Of Gucci perfume is nothing compared to my savior. Are you kidding me right now? I will pour this out over his feet every time. This is my savior. A year's worth, a year's worth of wages. I give this man my life. A generous spirit. Somebody who gets it. Somebody who understands the value of Jesus Christ. I understand the value of Jesus, not the perfume. A year. Imagine, imagine you. Think about whatever you make. Whatever you earn in one year. Whatever that is. Y'all can come up with a number, right? If you can come up with a number of what you make in a year, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, what do you make in a year? No, I'm just kidding. Don't say it. I'm joking. And you take that and you buy perfume to pour it out over the feet of Jesus. And then there's the Judas... Spirit, the selfish spirit. I think it's interesting that Judas was a disciple. I think it's interesting that he walked with Jesus, he talked with Jesus, he saw up close the miracles of Jesus, he listened to the teachings of Jesus, he knew of all people that Jesus was the real deal. but he had a selfishness problem he had a greed problem and the problem is shown to us in scripture several times he had a a greedy self-absorbed love of money life is all about me spirit When Mary poured out that expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus, dude loses his mind. That perfume worth a year's worth of wages, it should have been sold and given to the poor. First of all, Judas was a fraud. He didn't care about the poor. He was putting on a front and using the front as a reason to shave the money off for himself. What I'm trying to say to you today is there are a lot of Judases who sit in church every week, who listen to the teaching, who feel the presence of God, who feel the power of God, but they're always going to put money in front of Jesus. They're always going to put money in front of Jesus. And when you put money in front of Jesus, money is your God. And when money is your God, you will live a life as a purse with holes in it. Would you pray with me? My hope every time I preach is not that you just take what I say and run with it, but that you are inspired to dig deeper, that you are motivated to say, you know what, man, that sounds good, but I want to check that out. I want to, I want to study these scriptures myself too. The Bible speaks of a people called the Bereans and the Bereans were They were, they were called noble, 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 because they studied out the scriptures. I hope that I've given you enough today to chew on, to study out the scriptures. My intention for you is that you have an urgency About serving God, my intention for you is that it's your priority, not your business, not a person It's not that they're not a part of your life, your priority. It must be God. It must be God. It must be God in his kingdom. If your priority is not Jesus Christ today, he's not your number one today. I want to invite you right now to make him your number one. To say, Jesus, today I give you my life. All of it. I want you to be number one in my life, my mind, my marriage, my finances, my business. In my workplace. In my relationships. God, that you would be number one. You are my priority. So Jesus, today I give you my life. I thank you for giving me yours. I thank you for dying. You died for me. God, I I pray that I can live for you. That I will live for you with urgency. With urgency. God put an urgency in our spirits today. To be soul winners. To win people to the Lord. To disciple people in the Lord. To pray with people in the workplace. To pray with people in the streets. To talk to our family members about. Jesus, to talk to our husbands, to talk to our wives, to talk to our children and our grandchildren. Give us an urgency, God, to use our time, our talents, and our treasures to build your kingdom. Not my kingdom, your kingdom. God, we love you and we're thankful for you. We're thankful. For your goodness. We're thankful for life change. We're thankful for your unconditional love. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Impact Church, we all say in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. I love you guys. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.